When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. So Wednesdays with Wombat. With your host, Toby McKinnon. Welcome to Wednesday, and it's like situation back to normal. I'm in the studio. We're live. I can tell you they're about the race in a second. It matter, matter. There's a replay going on of a Collingwood-Geelong game. We are dead set live. Had a couple of weeks of pre-records. That's the 2011 grand final. 2011 grand final, is it? Mm. Thank you, JD. No. JD's back in the studio. It's great to see your face, Toby. After a couple of, uh, I haven't seen you in here for a week or two. Yes, there's been a, oh, you have seen me doing that uh, at times. But uh, yeah, I've been uh, juggling a couple of roles. Uh, my judging role has changed somewhat to uh, photo finish operator and timekeeper and uh, picked up a bit of slack there uh, over the last few weeks and will be going forward. So, uh, and thanks to everyone uh, that's uh, b- bared with us through the last few weeks. Uh, quite funny little story. Uh, Shannon Nixon was listening to the Garrick Knight segment and he sent me a text message asking him about Upsize Me. Uh, it's, it'll be racing on Monday at Warrigal and uh, I rang Shannon and really confused him when he was listening to me on air and then I was ringing him and talking to him at the same time. Just for a moment, had Shannon uh, a little bit uh, perplexed as to how that was happening. Uh, we will be up asking Garrick Knight about Upsize Me today, though. A uh, few guests today, Les Chapman and a young man, uh, Matt Gillespie, will join us as well. We'll talk about the Redwood Rattler from two different uh, sections. Of course, Les Chapman, the club manager or whatever he wants to call himself, secretary, manager, CEO, legend of the sport, Gordon Rothkin medalist. Les Chapman will be on to talk about the Redwood Rattler and what's involved with it this year. And Matt Gillespie works at uh, 707 uh, which is the rail, which is the organisation which supplies the uh, train, the Rattler, that heads up to uh, Maryborough each year. So it'd be great to get him on as well, have a little chat about uh, the train itself. We'll also have Shannon Edwards talking about Ballarat District Trotting Club uh, runners tonight. Uh, he's got a few runners in tonight and I uh, thought it'd be good to catch up with Shagger Edwards. And Des Benja our great steward over so, so many years. And uh, we've had two of these chats already with uh, HRV stewards. This will be our third chat in our little series. And uh, he's a real character, Des. And uh, he sort of comes across, I would imagine, to most at the trots as a quiet gentleman. And uh, that's what he is. But he's uh, delightfully agreed to join us today. So be good to hear the story of the great man, Des Benja. Now, before we get uh, too much further, a lot of the times in this segment, I put forward an idea around uh, programming as such. And a lot of the times, 
they're not even my ideas. There's just a number of participants are being belting down the door and telling me, what about this? What about that? And there's something that we have to give a massive tick to HRV for on Sunday at uh, the Wedderburn at Maryborough meeting. They did something different. It was a discretionary hand stand, a discretionary stand start for trotters. You had to be a minimum NR55 and uh, handicaps were not released until after acceptances and you weren't allowed to scratch as well once you got your handicap. And it was such a beautiful race in a sense. Uh, you look back at the result now, there was no scratchings from it. Over and out won the race having its fourth start. It's a quality horse. It was 14 to 1. Hatchback ran third. Now, Hatchback came out of the Australian Trotting Championship into a race against the horse that had only had three starts. Now, normally we'd have people up in arms about, oh, can you race a horse? You know, my horse is handicapped out of this. It's only had three starts and it's taking on a horse like Hatchback who's come out of an Australian Trotting Championship, blah, blah, blah. You know, you see all that on Twitter. People saying, you know, oh, my maiden's taking on a horse that's had 100 starts. We've, we've seen it all before. We hear it all everywhere. But over and out was in the race off the front, and it won the race. Hatchback ran third. And the favourite in the race, Electrojet, was the longest price favourite of the day at $4.40. And I thought to myself, I could go back through the records and find the last time there was a favourite start at $4.40. And I thought, well, that could just take too long. And I, I think the, just the sheer fact that everyone went to that race thinking they were a fair chance. We wouldn't have had that if they had been just normal, you know, standard sort of races. But I love the fact everyone went there on that day. And, and of course, is that Campbell Brown getting ridden on that screen? That is. Look like him, yeah. Well, there he is. There, there he is he on is. the screen anyway. So. Well, wow, we. Yeah. Sorry, I just got distracted. He'll be Campbell in today, Brown getting ridden by Glenn Boss. Yes, he was. <laughs> Something you see every day. Oh, no, it's not. He will be in but later. Then again, Campbell Brown's life is quirky and different. <laughs> That's um, that's a polite way of putting it, JD. Uh, so I think the lesson from that is it worked. More, more, more. We want more, please. HRV, it just works. Back yourself in. More discretionary handicaps. I'm a big believer in them. I believe they get them right too. I just look at the Kilmore Trotters Cup. Have horse will travel off 30 metres. Almost has no chance, really. If it was, and I understand how the system works as a system in place. That's what he'll be handicapped. But 30 metres in the modern day at that level, at that level is almost impossible. Now, Hatchback came off 40 in that race, but it's a totally different circumstance. He he was such a higher level than all those horses. There's no way Have Horse Will Travel is just, you know distinctly better than those horses off the front necessarily. I just feel 30 is just a little bit too much. Uh and if it was a discretionary, I'm sure it'd probably be off 20. And I just feel we need to go in that discretionary even even further than what we have in the past. And in fact, believe it or not, I would even run discretionary mobile races, where we leave it the HRV to do the barrier to, to do the barrier draw as they see fit. Now, can you imagine? And where it would work would be, say, a Mildura free-for-all in that NR up to 120 at Mildura is where they could hand-pick the barrier draws for the race. And you look at this weekend's race and just maybe uh, podcast this if you want to get the field up in front of you. But imagine it was 
Barrier one, Velox Equus. Two, A Million Promises. Three, Aladdin. Four, Shannon's the Man. Five, Jullaby Chevy. Six, Yorkshire. Seven, Bernie Winkle starting off the inside second row, which makes it really perplexing for him. Eight, Murrinjai Track. Nine, Rock and Roll Ronnie. Ten, National Draft. Now, if you hand did the barrier draw for that race, you can make it a really complex race and give everything a chance. You know, does Yorkshire go forward then from gate six? He's actually drawn gate six. Jullaby Chevy's gone up and gets into the race really well from gate two. You put him out in gate five and it's a different story. And I think you wouldn't get those good horses going to pick it off as such. You know, like Tango Tara went up there a few months ago. If Andy enters the horse and it's a discretionary mobile draw, he knows almost they're going to try and stitch him and put him maybe inside second row. And then what does Kate Gath have to do? She's got to get off the fence somehow, creates intrigue and mystery into the race, or he's going to be outside second row. Geez, you could have some fun. Not fun with that, but I really think you could make some really interesting races, more interesting races than they already are, those Mildura free-for-alls, if we ran them for eight weeks as discretionary mobile barrier draws. Be an interesting uh, concept to see how it would play out. Anyway, let's get a breakaway. We've done my uh, intro. And my uh, meandering, let's get a break. We'll come back with the great man of harness racing, Les Chapman. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It's your Wednesday edition. I'm now with Les Chapman. Les, mate, how are you today? And I assume you're in Carisbrook. I am uh, in Carisbrook, Toby, and good morning to you and your listeners. Uh, Carisbrook, the trotting centre of Australia, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Les. Now tell us, mate... Uh, you know what? Things come around really quick sometimes, and it feels like Redwood Day should be a long way away, but it probably feels like it's tomorrow in many respects as well for you. Well, it did. Uh, we um, It did seem a long way away, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, we're only six weeks away, and uh, things are starting to happen. And it's not just Redwood Day. It's the Harasta Trotters, Vic Derby, and, of course, as I mentioned, the Elder Baron Park Redwood Classic. The Redwood Rattler, there's been a little bit of discussion about whether it was going to happen, not going to happen. Uh, we can rest assured it is going to happen. Tickets are on sale, mate. Yeah, look, there was uh, the early quotes were, um, you know, quite um, for us as a club, the early quotes were prohibitive. But look, we've been able to um, do a bit of wheeling and dealing and, um Luckily, the TA board, TAB have come on board with some sponsorship and hopefully now we've got a package that people um, will be able to, uh, like it's an affordable package. It's, a, it's great value and, um, yeah, so we're hoping that the Rattler will be um, a cracker again this year. A great way to get to the trots, Toby. Well, it, it's only $130, but... From my perspective, Les, $130 for the experience of the day is a very small amount of money. I've been on several of them, as you well and truly know, and it's just such a day. It does start early. It does finish late. It's a big day. We all know that. But 
just the train ride itself and it's like a live social media feed in the train with all these characters there and, and the rolling jokes and everyone having a bit of fun on the way there and a quiet beverage maybe and then the day there's a beautiful meal and you get to take all the races in and then the trip home as well you know it's a, it's a celebration of harness racing whether win lose or draw a lot depends on the punters club of course but if the punters club loses it doesn't matter and if the punters club wins everyone's up and about yeah no no and uh, we're lucky to have uh, Darren and his brother back on board again this year to run the punters club for us so we're um and, of course, everybody on the train gets a Punders Club ticket, $20 ticket in the Punders Club. And that gives us a uh, the opportunity to get a great pool going and uh, mm, mm. Yeah, give the boys a chance to uh, create history. I think Len Baker holds a record at, a, I think it was about $128, one, one Redwood. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely a hero on that day. Yeah. We were lucky to have the money to pay everybody. <laughs> well, another, just set the bar high for uh, Darren and Brett, why don't you? But even a 40 or $50 return is not bad because, you know, I think you've got to buy another ticket. You see, you get one for going on the train, you buy another ticket, you're then in twice. If you get 50 bucks back, that's yeah. 100 you know? Yeah, true. Yeah, and, like, we'd, we'd, we're aiming to get, a like, a pool of about ten or more thousand. I mean, our best pool start was uh, 16,000 so um, yeah we're going to build on that this year we hope Train leaves 708 Southern Cross stops at Bacchus Marsh Melton Ballarat Yes sure does um, Same, the same um, pr- program as normal Yep. this year luckily we get luckily it gets in just a bit earlier than previously so there's not the rush to get from the station to the track. Um, so um, that'll be a bit more comfortable for our uh, for our travellers as well. What's the gold nugget draw? Okay, so in association with, um, with Duncan and the uh, Ovarian Cancer Institute, we're having a, uh, a raffle on track for a $2,000 gold nugget and all the proceeds go to the Ovarian Cancer Institute. So everybody on the train will get a complimentary ticket in that raffle. Um, and then, of course, uh, we'll probably bend their arm and try and get another couple of tickets off them as well so that we can uh, you know, make a decent contribution uh, for the Ovarian Cancer Institute. Are you going to tell us where you found that gold nugget, Les, or are you keeping that a secret? Well, <laughs> it's a funny thing. We did have, look, we did have grand plans of uh, getting Glenn Conroy to find, a, to find a gold nugget on course, but it was a bit hard to tie in with the day. So we've just gone for a straight raffle, and uh, we, we do have a local <laughs> gold buyer in the district who's... Uh, taken up the challenge of finding in actual fact he he's donating a smaller $250 nugget for another draw himself as part of a promotion for the day so um, a kind gesture by him. What were you thinking of like squaring like put making squares in the infield or something and you'd buy a square <laughs> and then Glenn would go out there looking for the gold nugget and when he found it in what square if you own that square you won or something 
Well, that was one of our ideas. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is, the worst part about that, if he hit the square straight away, then there's no... There's no <laughs> like, we'd like him to... Uh, have a, we like to have a bit of theatre, yeah, yeah, or have a cow out there with a you know, first place <laughs> yeah. the cow uh, passes a motion. We might say on the hits the square. No, but we've taken we've taken um, the, the easy way. We're going to have a raffle on course and hopefully, uh, you know, raise some good money for the Ovarian Cancer Institute. I'm tipping to be the first time the barrier attendants and ever walk over to the start every race too, and they'd have their head down as well. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, they sure would, mate. They sure would. <laughs> they sure would. All right, Les. Uh, it'll be a great day. Can't wait to do it. Sunday the 30th of October, $130, and it's an all-inclusive. It leads from Southern Cross, Bacchus Marsh, Melton, Ballarat. It's the train there. It's a two-course meal. It's race book, stubby holder, punters club ticket, a ticket in the gold nugget drawer. It's everything you want. It's an absolute wonderful day. And you can get your tickets on Eventbrite uh, now. So just type in um, Eventbrite Redwood and it'll come up. Yes, the TAB Redwood Rattler. The TAB Redwood Rattler with thanks to the TAB. Thanks, Les. I look forward to seeing you on the day. Uh, it'll be an absolute pleasure, Toby. Good on you. Thank you. There is Les Chapman. And now we've got another man on the line, uh, Matt Gillespie, uh, who is from the 707 group that provide the train. So our next guest is Matt Gillespie, a man not so familiar to uh, harness racing, but he does have connections to harness racing. End of this show, he's a, he's a well-bred commodity, Matt. We'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. His father, Stu, a great man I've got to know over the last six months. Matt, uh, firstly, mate, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Toad. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'm out in Ballarat at the moment, so in sunny Ballarat, Victoria, just in between jobs. Very good, mate. Now... Tell us, we, we've heard from uh, Les Chapman all about the Redwood Rattler. I've had the pleasure of going on many a Redwood Rattler, and you've got a little connection to harness racing, but uh, you've also got a connection to trains, and, and, and tell us a bit about uh, your connection to the trains and then also a bit about uh, the Redwood Rattler. Yeah, well, basically my connection to the train itself is um, I used to volunteer pretty heavily at the uh, company that actually runs that train, so 707 Operations, based in Newport. And, um, yeah, and then the, the kids and that came along and that sort of made things a bit difficult to spend a lot of time down there. But still, still involved as far as their track maintenance and their spray painting of trains and that goes. But um, the Redwood, that's a, that's a great trip. As you said, you've been on it before. Um, I worked the last one that they ran on the bar, and um, it was just an all-round great time. You know, you've got plenty of people that are just out for a good day. It's a great trip to go on because it takes out the guesswork of getting a designated driver, hiring a bus, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just, a, just an all-round great day with a great crowd of people. I didn't know this, Matt, but if you were working on the bar, I met you probably nine or ten times that day. <laughs> well, you, pro you probably did then. You probably did. Now, um, after the 
after the races, were you one of the ones that was playing with notes or were you down to the churches because you've been hit in the pocket a bit? <laughs> no, 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 I'm well behaved. I, uh, yeah, no, I would have been uh, just sitting back relaxing somewhere quietly. Uh, those that know me will know that i um, probably told you furphy. But anyway, tell us a, a bit more about the train. It's a diesel train, is it? Yeah, so uh, it's going to be, it's actually going to be run by a couple of V-line locomotives that we've had to get because we're actually running a trip that same weekend up into the Victorian Wheat Belt, so northwest of Maryborough. Yeah. So all our, uh, all our locomotives, like our steam train, diesel, all that, they're actually being used up on that weekend. So we were, we were very short of uh, trains to actually run this trip, which is why we had to send out an SOS to V-line who have kindly provided us, I think it's going to be two locomotives that you'd uh, typically see on their normal services. Yeah, okay. But it'll still have those old classic carriages with a bar carriage and a lounge. And it's like a step back in time when you step into them. It's like something out of a movie. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you're still going to step onto the carriages. They're essentially made between, I think it's about 1940 through to 1960, depending on which one you get on. Uh, which were made specifically for the Victorian Railways, and you know they've they've done their time and just been lovingly refurbished by 707 over the years and re-spray painted by myself. And um, yeah, it's just it, it literally is. It's like stepping back in time. So all you guys have just gone down at 707, and it and it's basically purely a volunteer operation, and and you restore the trains and any sort of revenue or anything you get in. What you just put that back into restoring another another carriage of a train? So we we do not have any paid members on the books. It is entirely volunteer run. Yeah. Uh, the majority of us all have some connection to rail with from an employment perspective. Like a lot of us work for V-Line and other rail organisations and the freight operators. Yeah. But as far as 707 goes, we're entirely volunteer run. Um, and basically any, any revenue that we do get goes into planning future trips, restoring, um, you know, future restoration projects, just the ongoing maintenance and up, upkeep so that we can just keep running trips. That, that's literally what it's about for us. And I think you'd find that any anyone that you ask that's actually been on one of our trips, especially the weekend ones, is that they end up with an experience that they'll, um, they'll never forget. So, yes, yeah, it's just a very, very unique way to see Victoria by the old slow rail journeys. And you're booked in for Redwood Day. I think you're going as a passenger, aren't you, with your dad? Yep, yep, I am. I was, um, I was requested to try and get a leave pass from the from the wife and kids to work the trip because the numbers were pretty low. Yeah. But um, it was uh, as a Father's Day present to Dad. We were going to go on it together as passengers. So yeah, we'll be we'll be there soaking up the atmosphere and enjoying uh, enjoying it. Have you got memories of a boy at Mooney Valley when Wave the Jacket was winning races or other horses that your dad's had a share in? Oh, I sure do. I think my my think my fondest memories um, of Mooney Valley were the were the playground. <laughs> Me and my sister loved the playground, but um, yeah, I reckon it was what was it? Was it Friday or Saturday night that was on? But I, I reckon you know, almost every weekend we were we were down there. That yeah, we were very very heavily taken down to Mooney Valley, and we loved every every moment of it. So. All right, Matty, thanks for uh, five minutes of your time today, mate, and uh, hopefully all fall in place for me and I'll be able to uh, not get a beer from the bar uh, from you. I'll be able to get a beer from the bar for you on uh, the Redwood Rattler, which would be a nice, uh, it'd be a great day, I reckon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Toby. Thanks for having me on.
Thank you, mate. The SEN app is now compatible. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. I don't really have a fast car. And a lot of people give me grief about our slow I drive, JD. You're one of those, are you? Yeah. My dad's a bit of a slow driver. That's me. Safe driver, which is good, but every now and then there's an opportunity for you to just not go over the speed limit, but just maximise it and hit the speed limit. But dad, my dad always goes under. I think it, uh, tell him it's the most frustrating thing ever. Cruise. I'm a big cruise control man. Mm. Like at the moment. But are you cruising? Are you cruise controlling under the speed limit? Right on, generally. Yeah, right, right on, on. Right on's okay because that's what that's the legal you know limit. I get, I've probably done, I don't know, five or six thousand k's in the last three weeks. Right. Yeah. You have. You've been. You've been traveling all over the joint. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, you know, I had Stall Wednesday, Geelong Thursday, Mildura Friday, and back mm. to Melton Saturday. It's a lot of driving, and the tr- cruise control is the best. You just, you, I like sticking it on. Here's an insight into a harness racing mind. I actually, if it's a 110 zone, I'll put it on 111 because I like seeing the 111 as opposed to 110 because uh, I reckon 111 better form. Weird. Real weird sort of behaviour. But anyway, that's each to their own. And when I go into a servo, if I can, I'll go for pump one over pump 10 because I reckon... That's OCD sort of stuff, That's a though. better barrier draw. Yeah, that's get, OCD sort of stuff. gate one. <laughs> I know. It's hard, though, with a, with a diesel because yeah, you often, often f- gate 14 or something, and I'm like, how am I going to get a run from gate 14? Yeah, I know, anyway, but weird. it's just weird stuff. Too much harness racing, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, off the text machine, big fella. Stu sent us a message about... Uh, about the info about the Redwood Rattler, and uh, I was going to ask whether he's any relation to Matt. He certainly is. Um, he is sired by Stu, Matthew, and uh, I thought it was just a different way of having a look at the Redwood Day. And, yes, big fella, Stu is going. Um, on a, yeah, and it'd be great to see the big fella on there and get a bit of the SEN family together heading up to the Redwood. It is... Rest assured, she's a long day. She's a 7.08 leave on the train. But you, the train's so relaxing. It's two or three hours of just, just sitting there and you catch up with people. You can sit down, have a nice long chat with them. You're in no hurry. Um, I remember the first year I went with my brother, we were the first ones to crack a beer at the bar at about, I don't know what the time was. And we set things alight that day. Uh, so you don't have to. You know, It's not all about just having a quiet beverage or two. It's just so, so many great people uh, that go up on the train, the Shannon Nixons of the world and uh, the Carroll brothers go up and Craig Knott goes up and there's just so many just great people of harness racing all on that train that it's just a not-to-be-missed thing. Um, Stevie Walters comes over from Tassie for it normally. Uh, there's been people fly down from Queensland for it. It's a real, real bucket list. Uh, Stu says, Redwood Rattler, good training for Leeton. Looking forward to Des Benja, lovely guy, says Stu. He certainly is. Uh, yeah, the Redwood Rattler would be good training for Leeton. I'm not sure anything, I'm not sure anything is going to prepare uh, a one Toby McKinnon for Leeton as the uh, Breeders' uh, Plate unofficial self-appointed ambassador for Leeton this year. I am heading up to that, and uh, they promised me a dead set 
Uh, they're going to outdo June E. And uh, June E, uh, the sun came up when I was walking home to the accommodation for the night. So they're promising now to do that. So Leeton will be a great night. Can't wait to get to that. Can't wait for the Redwood Rattler as well. Should be a great day. Let's uh, No tips today. Uh, it is Ballarat tonight. I'm not working, but with my new role uh, doing the timekeeping and photo finish operating, there's only two of us at the moment in the state that have the um, ability to do it. So even though I'm not working at Ballarat, I'm sort of on standby. If anything goes wrong with the other uh, photo finish operator, I would be off to Ballarat tonight uh, to make haste or the meeting won't happen. So um, I can't tip at Ballarat tonight, even though I'm not working. I'm, I, I suppose I'm theoretically on standby as the backup. So I can't tip at Ballarat. Darren Carroll, no doubt, put a couple of tips together for uh Bell, uh, for Ballarat tonight, and he would have been on with Gareth Hall. We might try and grab hold of that at some stage and get that out later in the show in case you missed it. Let's get a break away. We'll come back with Garrick Knight. We've got four horses to talk about. A couple of them have already raced here, including a, lo- a horse that's in at Ballarat tonight in Upsize Me. Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Horses that race in New Zealand, he knows. When they have their first start in Australia, he tells us. What oil the trainers use in their cars, who knows. Nightexports at gmail.com. They know. Garrick R. Knight on Twitter. You know what I mean. How are you, Garrick? Gets I'm goodly, every... thank you, Valvoline man. It gets you every time. Um, lovely to join you. It gets you every time, doesn't it? <laughs> every time, every time. I give me. So, I goodly do. back live this week, mate. Um, live yes. and unfiltered as as per. Um, yeah, no, we're just um, we're chilling out here in Auckland. I'm actually just getting ready to go to the airport, heading down to Christchurch uh, for a day or two, and look at a few horses, and then. Um, Away we go, back into footy, footy finals weekend coming up. Where's Banks Peninsula, mate? Uh, that's just east of Christchurch. Um, a place called Mochicarara, a lovely part of the uh, countryside out there. Nice big grass track, very, very popular race meeting and very hardworking, passionate committee. Huge fields there this um this Sunday, so I think it's their first meeting of the season, yep. well, of the of the spring, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, and a good little trotting race there. The cups are beauty. Matadero and uh, uh, Purden's got one in it too, whose name just escapes me now. Oscar Bonavina. Oscar Bonavina. Yep. That's um, it. Yeah, no, look, really nice field. Um, we're on, fully on the path to New Zealand Cup Day and and the Dominion and everything else. I was hoping there was going to be some Australian involvement this year, but. Um, already we've lost Lock and Varat, mm. um, which is a shame. So hopefully one of the other ones that are nominated um, can make the trip over. So you trip away, mate. Uh, you might eat poorly and you could be upsizing. Race five, number nine tonight <laughs> at Ballarat. It's had the one start for the one win over here and looked impressive. It's uh, it's a star-studded ownership crew, which uh, are very familiar as it's a brother to a horse called Triple Eight, this horse. and. Shannon Nixon, S Plant, B Gain, I don't know, S Clues, I don't know. 
Jay Watson, we know. We've had him on the show. Brian Glasheen, we know. Jay Tubbs, we know. So there's a number of these we know. It was very impressive at Warrigal first up, mate. Yeah, interesting story behind this one. Um, I know Shannon Nixon fairly well. Anyone who does would probably be in the same boat that he loves to give it as much as he takes it. There's plenty of barbs and and banter. And um, when he told me they'd bought into this horse, um, it's I definitely can't repeat what I said to him um, <laughs> word for word. Fair to say um, I implied that it maybe represented a small domestic house pet um, <laughs> because it has any amount of ability, but it was finding reasons to get beat, not the least of which was its poor gait. Just hold on one second. I've just got someone at the top. I'll just get rid of them. <laughs> Getting deliveries here. This might be an upsize me. They might have sent something Someone's trying to sell me something. Someone's trying to sell me something, mate. Uh, anyway, it's not if, more, if you don't get rid of them, they keep knocking. Yep. I'm back with you. Upsize me, you know. And um, look, I, I, he couldn't get around the bends. He was rough going. Uh, he'd shown at the trials over here that he's got a huge motor. But he went to both the north and southern barn of Stonewall Stud, Telfer's operation, and um, couldn't find a way to win a maiden for these various shortcomings. But Anyone who watched that first up win for Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars, they have obviously ironed out a lot of those kinks already. So Mr. Nixon and his motley crew, they will be laughing at what will be um, the way the horse looks like it's arrived. Very good. Penrith, and I'll stick with you, mate, because I'm a loyalist. Penrith, race four, number two. Love this horse. Yeah. Tried to sell him. Couldn't find a buyer. Um, the guy that's got him, I think, is going to have great, great time with him. Um, they, they, he does. He's very versatile, but his mo really was sort of over the longer trip, not being bustled early, allowed to find his feet, and then really getting into the race over the last half a mile. He has got gate speed. He's shown that. And I know in Australia you need gate speed. Um, you can't rely on just being a good closer. So. I'll be interested to see, you know, he's going to be on a diet of more, sh- you know, shorter racing and been asked to be used early. So I'll be curious to see how he adapts to that. Um, whereas over here, there was a lot of standing starts, a lot of 2,600 metre races, various things like that. So, but look, he, he can run a very sharp path. He's tough. He's well gated. He's honest. He tries hard. So, yeah. And so I, I would expect him to come off the gate well this week and settle handy. Um, yeah. Just take it from there, but Eat. I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if he doesn't turn into a really good money spinner with his new connection. He had a trial at Penrith, and they went home in 28.5, He won the trial by 29 metres, and the horse he beat has since come out and ran second. Uh, so he's pretty sharp. I reckon if you could get $2.50 as quoted on harness.org, you'd be pretty happy with yourself about Loyalist. Yeah. I'll be hoping he does a good job because I'll be able to rub it in the nose of a few people who couldn't see the upside when I tried to convince them. Fair enough. But we, we all get the odd one wrong, don't we, Gareth? Don't we, We mate? do. Just upsize <laughs> me, case in point. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes after you get one wrong, you're left scared stiff, mate. Race seven, number seven at Wagga. Yep. Uh, just 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 landed not too long ago. Last start winner at Ashburton. Very nice bread and butter versatile horse by Turtle Love, who I think is a very underrated side here in New Zealand. Hmm. 
I think they they do tend to um, get better with time. The Cherita loves. He has had some early qualifiers, but they seem to flourish once they get to four and five. And this horse just seemed to find one one or two better every start. You know, running fourths and fifths a lot. Um, but he's just come back this campaign just that touch stronger and a bit more focused. The the query I've got. He's never really shown gate speed, even with good draws. Whether that's by design from former trainer and driver Terry Schmiel, whether he preferred to have him smothered, I don't know. But um, he's never come off the gate or really um, found the lead in his race. He's always, always been smothered up on the markers. So that's the concern. He'll need to show us some early pip. So I couldn't recommend getting too heavily invested in him until he proves to us that he can do that. Yeah, okay, good information because Wagga, Wagga Trots are becoming more and more popular all the time as more Victorians head up there as well. Newcastle, one more. Race two, number seven, Mitzi Gaynor, who has had the one start here. It had a rec- only a moderate record of 28 for three and nine in New Zealand, but it did come here and win first up. And it's actually it's in an NR up to 52, and it's a 58 rater, so it's found the right race too again. Has it won over there? I thought it was its first start this week. Uh, I thought it might have won a trial, maybe. I'm not sure. No, no. It won. Um, it won on no, the... No, it did win. Okay, well, yeah. there you go. So we're kept out of the bag. I, I was going to say that I think she, she's a really nice filly. Um, she's, she was owned over here by Larry Carr, who's the American that owns Stallion Sweet Lou. Oh, wow. Um, and he sold her rather than race her on or take her up to the States. So I guess... That probably tells you maybe the advice wasn't she didn't have a hugely big future, but everything I've seen from her suggests she's very tough. She's got good closing speed. She can be used early, though quite often she was beaten for early speed. Um, and she's very consistent. So Clayton Harm has got himself a nice one here. I expect to see her win a fair few races fairly quickly. By Sweet Lou out of a better's delight, man. That'd be a pretty popular cross, I'd imagine, that's happening in New Zealand at the moment, mate. Yeah, well, that's obviously Woodland's um, found themselves in a bit of a quandary yeah. a few years back when <laughs> yeah. all the riches and spoils of having better's delight as their resident stallion, they suddenly found there was a hell of a lot of better's delight broodmares, and not just in their own band, but from a lot of the commercial beaters. So Sweet Lou was their... Um, their outcross answer, and um, yeah, he's just this year. He's just turned the corner. He's got some really, really nice horses coming out of the woodwork. His first couple of crops were quite small, actually. I think he arrived late in his first year. Maybe only got about forty or fifty foals on the ground, and same again the second year. But those third and fourth crops, you know, we're talking, I'm talking New Zealand numbers here. You know, 120 up to 180 foals, I think, maybe even more. Um, so there's a big wave of them. Yeah, probably a horse like Spurt of St Louis helps. Been a very good flag there for him. Yeah. All right. Well, that, we we got through them quicker than I thought today, mate. We've done well. Yeah, and um, and and <laughs> in our usual usual irreverent style, um, <laughs> listeners got to hear me answer the door from uh, someone trying to sell me insurance or something. So <laughs> there you go. It was a good text uh, coming in personally. Seriously, that made me laugh. Re upsize me. I won't name the person, but someone is having a chuckle, <laughs> having a chuckle at our expense, mate. But uh, I'm a loyalist. I'll stick with you, no doubt. And uh, yeah, scared stiff as to what will happen going forward with upsize me. But uh, we've all been wrong once or twice in our lives. <laughs> we certainly have. And just a quick note on upsize me. You read out the names of the owners there. 
Uh, you said Mr. Gain. It's Albie Gain, who was on New Zealand's most prominent race course for many, many years. He's now retired, probably in his 80s. Yeah, um, OK. But yeah, I know I know he gets a lot of enjoyment out of racing the odd horse with um, with Telfers and Stonewall State, and um, no doubt he's having a bit of fun with Upsize Me. Oh, we'll have to get him on. Yeah, oh, well, he was back, back in the days, late 80s, early 90s, where they had on-course and off-course callers in New Zealand. He was calling, like, 200 meetings a year or something ridiculous, you know, for many, many years. He had a huge workload, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not something that we're familiar with. Anyway, I'll, no. uh, I'll love you and leave you, Garrick. Thanks again, mate, and we'll do it all again next week. Cheers, buddy. See you, mate. There's Garrick R. Knight. Uh, brought to you by Valvoline, that segment. It's not official or anything. We should really reach out to him. We've got to get an ad break away. Uh, off the text from Big Fella, Tracy was just chatting with Stu, and we are going to purchase tickets for the Redwood Rattler. Looking forward to it. That's great news. Great to get the family together on the Redwood Rattler. A break, come back. We've got a big second hour still to come. Desi Benja, HRV, legend of the sport, will be on in the second hour. And Shagger, Shannon Shagger Edwards as well. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It is the Wednesday edition. An interesting one off the text. Hi, boys. Quick question. Had a little quaddy at Forbes yesterday. Got the first leg, then the meeting was abandoned. The tab owner refunded me the value of the abandoned three legs instead of a full Ooh. refund or bet. How does that work? Uh, wow. It's a complex thing. I think, um, yeah, it would it would be all dependent upon the pool and how many horses uh, you had live and how that multiplies out. So, the first if if you had the first leg of the quaddy and it was a it was a dollar twenty chance, you're going to get less of a return if you had the first leg of the quaddy and the winner was a hundred to one because it's mm. sort of factoring that first leg into it and then multiplying it out. So um, I'm sure whatever you got would have been right, Matt. That is for sure. Uh, Matt from Wodonga sending that in. The boys might pick that up and try and explain it a bit better than me or someone might text in as well and explain it better than me. And, of course, uh, some sad news to the SEN family with uh, the passing of uh, David Taggart's father and a text in, G'day, boys. Still feeling plenty for tags. Was thinking of sending some flowers to SEN. But is there a more preferred way of showing our respect and love for the family? If so, it would be great to share via Twitter, etc. Look, uh, knowing knowing tags, he'll be very appreciative of that text there. But I'm not sure whether he'll he'll want flowers, flowers sent here. I'm not sure. We know that tags is uh, is doing doing okay at the moment. It's obviously a tough time. But I think just your best wishes. Send him through to uh, if you if you can on on uh, a message some some way we can pass some on. To tags and uh, and that might be the best way because uh, he won't be here to get the flowers for a few nah, weeks. No, exactly. So. so he won't be here for a little while. So, um, but it's nice that everyone's thinking of him. I Just hope he's doing well. And when he's back on, send him plenty of love when he yes. gets back in. Welcome to Wednesdays with Wombat with your host Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It is your Wednesday edition, and this is our third chat with uh, three different HRV stewards. We had uh, Barry Delaney, of course, and Scott Gillespie with two different backgrounds. And today, 
Des Benja joins us, uh, legend of the sport. Des, mate, firstly, how are you and whereabouts are you today? I'm good, thank you. I'm home. You're at home. Very good, mate. Uh, you been down to the gym I'm this morning? You've done your gym? I've been, I've been to the gym for three and a half hours, Toby, yep. Three and a half hours? What do you do for three and a half three hours Three and a half hours. I, I usually spend about 80 minutes on the, on the uh, treadmill walking. Yeah. And then I'll spend another about another 75 minutes on the bike cycling. And then I'll do a couple of exercises on the exercise machines. And then I'll go down to the sauna and have a lovely sauna for 10 minutes. Very good, mate. I, I noticed yeah. at Yarra Glen the other day you are nearly swimming to the Stewart's Tower. Yes, it was a bit <laughs> damp there, Toby, wasn't it? It was a bit damp. Now... I was a, I was a little bit afraid that I was going to get... My boss, Mr. Day's uh, car bogged. I was very, very careful going in to and from the uh, steward stand, I tell you. It actually, um, you won't be surprised to know, uh, a certain Nathan Moy was there and uh, we were talking about that actually, that you were a chance of getting that car bogged. As you oh, very to... much. And I was I was very conscious of that fact too. Don't worry, Toad. <laughs> I'm sure you were. Now, very conscious. Now, let's wind things back, right back, mate. Uh your initiation in the harness racing, I, I, I'm I'm pretty confident there's a family connection there, but I'll let you tell it. Yes, my dear old late dad, he was uh, tied up with harness racing for a very from a from a very young age, and um, I got the bug at a very young age, and uh, yeah, and sort of give him a hand uh, until I was able to get my license, and uh, in. Uh, in 1956, we shipped it down to the southeast of South Australia from from Adelaide, and uh, my my parents had a small business, and we had a a little place called Avenue Range, which, which was between Lucendale and Kingston. Yep. And uh, we had a, a shop and a um, telephone exchange there, and we also worked about 12 or 14 horses. And before school and after school, I'd help him with them and. Most of the time he was away over in Victoria and um, usually the, the, the A team, as we called it, came to Victoria. The B team went over the border to South Australia and the C team was Narracourt, Mount Gambier bound. But that was my sort of uh, upbringing in the sport um, and he did a fair bit of travelling, as I said. And in 1966, we moved from, uh, from Avenue Range to Eddington. Yep. Which um, uh, we we then had uh, a number of horses. We we stocked the team up, and and at one time we normally had thirty to thirty-five horses in work, and we also stood uh, by law at stud as well. So that was a fairly busy time, Toby. So Eddington, that's up. Where is that near, like Denali sort of way, isn't it? Yeah, it's between Maryborough and Bendigo. Yeah. If you come from Maryborough going to Bendigo, you go go across the Loddon River, the bridge, the Loddon River, and our place was right on the end of the Loddon, on the end of the bridge. And uh, yeah, it was a great lifestyle. We had a lot of fun there, got a lot of winners, and uh, yeah, it was a great time. You did get a lot of winners, just a lot of good horses. Like Dunsinane won the Stall Cup, and. Lots of winners of the Central Victorian Championship and no real superstars, would that be fair to say? Uh, well, Lord Satay, we thought was a superstar like 
yep. if we'd have had more mobile starts in the, in them days, he <laughs> would have been a champion. But he was by Meadow Vance, and 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 Meadow Vance has had the the trait of being bits of devils at standing starts. So there was quite a few standing starts in them days. But like if if we'd have had mobiles more. I, I predict he would have been a champion, no doubt about that. He was a he was a lovely little animal. Yeah. Okay. And what what about the name Alto? A L T O. For me, there was something synonymous with Alto for the Benja name. Is that right, or have I got? Am I barking up the wrong tree? No, you're dead right. It's um, it's actually it's the um, the joining of two rivers, and uh, and Dad sort of adopted that name and. And called the uh, called our our farm and our stud Alto Lodge, and uh, every horse was there had an Alto in the name. Every horse we we bred and raced on on the property was uh, Alto based. Yeah, okay. Either the first name or the second name. Yeah, 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 and and it still sort of filters on through. There's still a few Altos around the place even today, which yeah, yeah, there are still 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 a couple going around. Tony Berg's got a couple of, uh, yeah. of uh, Alto horses still, and Peter Fitzpatrick, who was a retired school teacher, who Dad used to drive for a little bit, he's got a couple of, uh, of unraced ones as well. So that's about the 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 the, uh, the the last of them, I'd say. I don't think there's any more left after the Alto after those who retired from racing. Peter's been around a long time, but could you describe him as an overnight sensation? There's a <laughs> oh yes, he, he was an overnight station to us. He was a he was a great great man, Peter Fitzpatrick. He, we had a lot of fun with him. When overnight sensation, he was a he was a great horse to him. He 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 won good prize money and 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 he was a local school teacher as well as I said before. And um, yeah, he's um, he was a legend of Carisbrook, That guy. So in nine, in the in the late sixties and seventies, how old are you, Des? And uh, you're, in, you're you're a bachelor at this point, or what? Yeah, I, I was still a bachelor at um, at twenty four, and I met uh, a beautiful girl called Ruth Hallam at, at Warwick Nabil, and and you wouldn't credit it. We met at the St Anna Trots, and uh, the rest is history. But uh, I used to go to uh, to Warwick Nabil every second Saturday night, and we used to go out for dinner and. Um, yeah, and one thing led to another, and um, I proposed to her, and luckily she she said yes. And in, in 1974, we were married and uh, moved to Queensland, Toby. Moved to Queensland, all right. Well, that's a big we change. We moved to Queensland. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'd um, I'd done a bit of time up there. A guy called Jimmy Krogan, who was originally from Sydney, he um, I did a bit of work for him uh, in the in the preceding years, and. He broke his leg, and um, I was still working at home, and wasn't was, was engaged at the time. And he asked Dad if he could, if I could go up and uh, uh, work for him and do drive his team that while he was recuperating, which was great. And yep. and that sort of got me a lot of experience, and probably spent three or four months up there. Yeah, keep keep going. So, then, yeah. yeah. So then uh, we came home and. Uh, we married. We were married on the tenth of August, nineteen seventy-four, and uh, we uh, we were offered a, a continuation of the job with Dad. But we decided to bite the bullet, uh, Toby, and go to Queensland. So, like I'd say, like I said before, I'd worked up there 
for a, for a while, and um, we uh, we went up there and we had um, we had one of those blue Belmont Holden Utes, yeah, uh, towing a horse float with um, with two two chairs and a table and a mattress, and that's all we had on and and, and our clothes, of course, and yeah. we headed off to Queensland, the two of us, yeah. And with a job to go to, and and we're going to be working horses, etc. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I had um, I got offered a job with Mick Clover, and I, I spent a little bit of time with him, and then I worked for Keith Addison probably for 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 six months or more, and then the third guy I worked for was a bloke called Ken Belford. They yeah. all had teams of horses up there. Mick Clover, of course, uh, is a Victorian, and he's back in Victoria now, and. And I also worked on the barriers at Albion Park and, and helped on the track at Redcliffe as, as well. And um, luckily one day, um, our, our boy, who is now 47, he was only a, a little tacker, only probably 12, 18 months old. I got called into the stewards room at Redcliffe Trots one night. Alan Pearson came down and said to me, Mr. Jack Gregg, who was chairman of stewards at the time, he he said he wants to see you, and uh, I said, oh, Ruth said to me, "What have I done?" I in said, trouble. I don't know. I'm going to find out. I'm in trouble because <laughs> I was like I had a license at the time, and I I was doing a fair bit of driving for Keith Addison and and Ken Belford and Mick Clover, and and uh, I walked and knocked on the door, and he said, "Come in," and I sat down, and he said, um, "I've been watching you, son, for probably twelve months or more since you've been up here." Yeah. And I think you'd make a good steward. And uh, I got offered a steward's job, and uh, that was on the on the Thursday. I went in on the Friday and met the Harness Racing Board and met the the other stewards. And uh, on Monday, I was a steward. That quick? So you what? You just went that home. That quick? You just went back and said, "Ruth, this I've had this offer." And yep. What 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 was the attraction to it? Why did you you obviously getting you're obviously doing okay in Queensland? What was the what was the attraction to just yeah. take that leap? We were doing good, but I look at the I looked at the uh, like the, the financial side of it, uh, mm. Toby, and I was mm. never going to be uh, like never going to be like a driver or a trainer for the rest of my life. And uh, I had a talk to Ruth, and 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 we sort of um, I sort of said, well, it's a great opportunity. I I can't knock this opportunity back. I've been offered a job, and and and. To, to put it bluntly, we were going to go from board lollies to chocolates as far as uh, yeah. like as far as, far as the, the the wages and that were concerned because working for trainers the wages weren't very high up there and uh, it was a great opportunity that I couldn't I couldn't refuse and uh, uh, yeah well she was a, a great support to me that's for sure. What did your dad say on the phone when you rang and told him? Uh, well, he said you better come down. He said I've got a couple of horses at Kilmore on the Friday. Well, you better better come down and uh, drive these before you uh, you jump the fence and get on the other side of the table. So I did, but I didn't have any luck at Kilmore. But that's another story. So you had your last drive. But he was uh, your dad then. Uh, I had my last drive at Kilmore. Yes, yeah. Oh, very good. So then you're in. And uh, you're yeah, he come. was uh, he was chuffed. He was chuffed that I got had been offered such a great opportunity and he said he said you've done the right thing son you've accepted it so yeah that was uh, that was fantastic to be offered such a such a great job and uh, I was you know I was uh, I was pretty proud of myself to sort of to get offered a job like that you know and and 
you know, it was good. And 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 it's been, it hasn't been an occupation. It's just been a passion ever since. Like you know, I've I've enjoyed it. I've lived, loved every minute of the job. It's been great. So that was what 1976, by my maths, about 46 years ago. Uh, yeah, it was um, actually it was about the, just into 75. Actually, it was yeah, okay. about the middle of 75. And you've yeah. been you've been a yeah. steward ever since. Been a steward ever since. Forty-seven years. August just gone. So yeah, it's a pretty, it, it's a pretty long stint at the job. But as I said, it's it, it it's it's been a passion and absolute a tremendous uh, thrill to be uh, to be doing such a, a great job. It's been fantastic. You, you clearly didn't. You haven't been in Queensland for those last forty-seven years. So there was obviously a change at some point back to Victoria, or was there a, a burst somewhere else? No. Well, I got offered a job. I was speaking to uh, Ken Dyer. He was um, he was a, the chairman of the Harness Racing Council at the time, and and we were down at a stewards conference in Sydney, and we got sort of a talking a bit over 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 a drink, and. Um, he said to me, he said, oh, we're setting up harness racing in Macau. And I just said, you know, I said, well, if, what are you doing for stewards? And he said, oh, we haven't looked at that yet. But anyway, he said, um, I said, I'd be interested in, in uh, taking that on if if you was uh, if you was that way inclined, if you're going to put stewards on. And, and, uh, and about probably approximately six months later, I got a, I got a, um, a certified letter in the mail with the contract and everything in it and uh, offered me a job in Macau. So I had it, like I said before, I had great respect for Mr. Jack Gregg who gave me my opportunity as a steward and I I jumped in the car and went into him and, and said, boss, I've got, uh, I want some advice and I uh, showed him the, uh, the contract and he looked across it. He used to wear glasses, and he always look at, used to look at you over the glasses. Yeah. And he looked across the glasses at me, and he said, if I was your age, I would swim over there. That is a great opportunity. You can't <laughs> knock that back, son. Yeah. So, so we, we put our goods and chattels together, and, 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 and Ruthie, Scotty, and I, we headed off to Macau, which was another adventure. 100%. How was it in, in Macau? It was great. It was great experience. Great experience. Two years we spent there, Toby. Uh, we only had a two-year contract because the uh, we we took up the position to teach the Chinese, and the, the Chinese thought that they knew uh, as much as we did after the two years. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for us, they wouldn't renew our contract. But anyway, that, that that was great experience anyway, the two years that I spent there. Like I was there probably only three months and Mr. Uh, Glenn Butterfield from New Zealand, he was the head chairman of Stewards over there and unfortunately he got sick and, and had to get returned to New Zealand and um, the hierarchy over there offered me the chairman of Stewards job, which I, I, I took, which was great experience. Don't don't say that too loudly. You'll end up chairman of stewards of uh, HRV. <laughs> no, I don't think that's that's going to be very possible, mate. <laughs> so you leave Macau and do you go home to Queensland or do you go home to Victoria? No, i i got on the I got on the phone. I had a had a few rumours go, go through the system that the, that they mightn't be renewing our contracts. So. 
I got on the phone and I spoke to a great guy in WA who was chairman of stewards at that time, Mr. Ray Murray. Yep. And uh, that was uh, that was just before Christmas. We came home. We were home for Christmas, and uh, uh, the first week in January, he came here over to Victoria and Melbourne for a stewards conference. Yep. And I had he rang me and he said. I'm going to be in Melbourne and I want you to come to Melbourne for an interview. So I did that and uh, I got offered a job in Perth as a steward, which was another uh, adventure in our, in our long history. Yeah, 100%. Was that, that wasn't the same time Barry was there, surely? No, Barry came after. Barry was just after me. He came after me, yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, as far as I was concerned, Ray Murray, he was a great boss. But he uh, he came back to Victoria to the Gallup. So uh, Alan Pearson took Ray Murray's place, and uh, Alan mentioned Barry to me when we offered Barry the job, and Barry finished up, of course, there as well. So, which was great. So after WA, do we get back to Victoria eventually? <laughs> after WA, un- unfortunately, uh, my mum and dad parted ways and split up, and. Uh, I said to Ruth and Scott, if maybe if we come home, we might be able to to uh, keep them together. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, yeah, I came back to uh, to, to Melbourne as a steward in 1985, and have been happily here ever since. All right. The the, the big question: the best horse you've seen? <laughs> I tell you what, you've seen some horses. You would have seen some horses. The best horse I've seen. Gee, that's that's a hard question, Toby. That is a very hard question. Um, probably, uh, probably pure steel would rate fairly high. Yep. And and, and uh, there's a new numerous horses that were were great horses around that time, like Webster's in Adelaide. They had uh, they had Bon Adios and Adios Court and and uh, all the courts and um, and the the, uh, the Barry Perkins horse. Um, from WA, who won the Inter Dominion? Pro Chevalier. Um, he, Pro He was, he was a great horse too. And uh, oh yeah, I've seen many, many champions. But, but uh, the the easiest question I've always answered was uh, was Maori's Idol was the best trotter I've ever seen by a long way. He was a great trotter. Yeah, well, most people say he's the best horse they've ever seen. But, yeah, there's, I, yeah. anyone that saw Mary's Idol, that, there's no argument he's the best trotter they've ever seen. Anyone that saw him. Oh, no doubt about that. Like, he, um, when I was in Queensland, he raced against Rip Van Winkle and many other good horses in the what we called then was the Sir Clive Euro Championship. And it was like the Inner Dominion in Queensland. Yeah. And he raced against them horses and... Rip Van Winkle beat him a short half head, and that was that was uh, one of the best races you'd ever see. It was it was a great spectacle, but unfortunately, just couldn't quite pull it off. That, so, so for people these days, that was like a trotter taking on Lochinvar Art and being beaten by a short half head, or you know, it's unfathomable. Yeah. Exactly, unthinkable, but it, it, it happened, and and they nearly pulled it off. Uh, Rick and Brian Healy nearly pulled it off. 23 minutes we've had, Des, and there's no way we could cover 47 years of stewarding in it, but we've got a taste of it. And 
I said the same thing to Barry, to have people like you still here in the sport after 47 years and passing on so much to the young stewards coming through and the Brett Days and, and Nick Murray's over the years and, and Grant Adams now and Michael Ross and, and everyone in the sport, even the participants as well. You don't realise that effect you're having on people with such knowledge and experience, all the young participants like a Chris Alford and all those young blokes that still drive horses. We thank you so much for what you do in the sport and, and we love seeing you at the track and look forward to catching up with you sometime soon, mate. Much appreciated, Toby. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and uh, I could go on for another half an hour if you had time, but uh, obviously you're going to cut me off for somebody else. But it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure and uh, while, while the passion's still there and, and it will be, and uh, unless uh, something else catches up with me, I'll I'll still be here as long as uh, HRV have me, mate. It's been a real pleasure over the years and I've enjoyed every minute, like I said before. Thanks, Des. We do have to get to a break. Thank you very much, mate. No worries, Toby. Thanks for having me, mate. Bye-bye. There's Des Benja, dead set legend of the sport. And tell you, when you hear that 47 years, uh, that's unbelievable, isn't it, to be a steward for all that time and so much experience in the sport. Let's get this break away, JD. We'll come back. It'll be a very short segment before the 12.30 news. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back. It is your Wednesday edition. Oh, we could have had Des for an hour. We, if I had more time and other things weren't organised, we would have done it, I tell you. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to have a part two with Des and uh, take it in a different tack. But some of the st- imagine some of the stories you'd have from stewards' rooms over 47 years, some of the antics and stuff, which I don't really want to go down that track with some of these guys. But over the three weeks, interest just... And so there would be some people out there that might have ever thought about becoming a steward. And I'll tell you, from what they've said, it really doesn't sound as bad as some would think, if that makes sense, being on the other side of it, I suppose. It's a, it's a great way to be involved in the sport, if it's a sport you love. And it's, it, yeah, it is a great way to be involved in the sport. And you've got a decent check jumping in every week. And we're a bit short of stewards, not just in Victoria, and not just in harness racing, it's Australia-wide and it's in all three codes, I think, for whatever reason. So uh, the, the series, the three-week series of stewards have been tremendous and I thank all three of the gentlemen for coming on. We do change next week. Uh, I'm going into another four-week block Ooh. and it's going to be based on the Harness Charity Challenge, which will kick off in October. Nice. We did a show on it last year and it was an absolute belter. And we're going to, I want to really expand that out over the next month. And Disappointed I'm going to miss that. And you'll miss a couple of weeks, won't you? You'll be away. Um, you're doing trade Not radio. Away, but you, still working. You'll be doing yeah, trade doing radio. Other yeah. Stuff, yeah. Away from us. Yes. But you're still in the family. You're Absolutely. still working I, for the family. But people who do miss it, like myself, can always podcast it, Tobes. Correct. Very easily. Correct. Very easily. So, yeah, it'll be a bit of a harness charity challenge focus. And, Meeting a few of the people in the contest and talking about their charities and, and what it means to them. We did one show of it last year and Pogasolder came in studio and I'm going over for the news a little mm. bit, but that's okay. Uh, Pogasolder came in studio and it was just, it was mind blowing some of the stories. And by the end of it, it was almost exhausting 
in a sense. So it, there could be some tough ones amongst them. Uh, Marcus was just unbelievable, his story, and I think we'll have him again. I'll be better prepared this time, emotionally ready for it. That quiver will be in the voice, no doubt, Stu, as he picks that up every time I get that quiver. Now, let's get the news away. We've still got Shannon Edwards in the last half hour, and we'll turn our focus a little bit towards Ballarat Trots tonight. The SEN app is now compatible with Apple Car. Listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to your Wednesday edition with the Wombat, Toby McKinnon. Campbell Brown and Sam Highland from 1 o'clock. And the little sharpshooter, Tommy, I didn't, Tommy Papley. I didn't know if that was going to be public oh, no, knowledge. It was, yeah, they, uh, it was on uh, Twitter this morning. I like, I like the fact that Tommy's going, you know what, I do this most weeks. Well, I'm going to keep things normal. It's routine and it's worked for him. The last three weeks... And we said to him, you can't change a winning formula. So it might be a superstition thing now. Well, I think actually, it's get your head out of it for a minute. Absolutely. Get your head out of footy. So, And what we're going to do today is we're going to, off the top, very briefly, we're going to discuss it with him. Five minutes, no more. And then we're not thinking about, we're not putting any pressure on him. We're not thinking about yep. footy. We're going to th- think about racing all afternoon. Brownie obviously might comment on the Hawthorne situation as well, but that doesn't have anything to do with Paps. So... We're gonna not, we're gonna take his mind off it nicely because uh, he's got a big week ahead. He's down in Melbourne tomorrow. The parade on Friday along the Yarra. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun be, week. You'd be up and about, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. But hey, he doesn't need much to get <laughs> up and about. Up the up old about, paps. Oh, it's it. Uh, he was uh, he was very he was very good on Saturday night. And Sammy Highland was very good yesterday. So he's in. Geez, he was tipping up a storm yesterday, Samuel. Nice work, and I can see he's got the Peaky Blinders hat on again today. There's the Papaloa. He rolls into the studio. So the gang is just about all here. We're just waiting for the uh, the 2008 <laughs> superstar. Sammy must have put a tip out or something. I think it might have got beaten. Did it? Oh, did it? Really? Oh, no. <laughs> I think it might have. Something tells me. Now, uh, let's get a break away. Before we get to Tom Papley, uh, we'll have Shannon Edwards, uh, who's got three horses in at Ballarat, not quite playing in a grand final. AFL Grand Final on the weekend. But let's turn our attention. We've got two Ballarat Trots tonight on the other side of the break. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. Toby McKinnon hosting. It's our Wednesday edition. And Shannon Edwards, uh, on the short notice, I did have your driver actually lined up, but he was unavailable all of a sudden. So I've got you on instead. Shannon, mate, uh, how are you and whereabouts are you today? I'm going good, Toby. I'm at home. And, uh, yes, James did inform me that um, I was only getting the gig today because he wasn't. Yeah, he'd take take credit for it somehow, wouldn't he? That's for sure. No worries about that. (laughs) I wanted to have him on and... we haven't given him much love since he became the Australian driving champion. I can't, I haven't seen too much about it. I wanted to give him a bit of love, wrap my arms around him, give him a hug, you know, and uh, he couldn't come on, unfortunately. No, nah, it's a shame. I reckon he's probably been 
pretty busy since he won that Saturday night, um, sampling a few few different different drinks, I'd say. Oh, I think he celebrated, but oh, I think uh be fair to say you'd, you'd just celebrate, wouldn't you, if you won something like that, mate? I probably would have gone probably three or four times harder than James, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, well, that wouldn't be too hard, would it? <laughs> anyway, no. Oh, no, 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 let's not be mean to the great man. Now, mate, uh, you're concreting today or just the horses or what What are you doing with yourself? Uh, just the horses today, mate. Got to start another job once this rain sort of starts to clear up. She's pretty, pretty wet and hard to get into most places up here at the minute. Yeah, that's been a... Uh, is it just me, or has it been one of the wettest winters of all time? I don't know how it's been in Hamilton, where you are, but it'd be nearly one of the wettest going around, wouldn't it? Well, a month ago we were saying how dry it was up here, but Fair it's income. definitely not dry. Definitely not dry now, mate. All the dams are full, and all the paddocks are looking good. Yeah, oh, very good. That is good to hear. Now, you got a bit of a mixed bag tonight, I would say. Race four, number four, a smile and a winks. You're either absolutely frustrated or absolutely loving the consistency of the horse. I'm not sure which way, or is it a bit of both, mate? And they are frustrated. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Um, she's, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to change her stable name to Tom Melbourne. She's just one of those horses that just <laughs> always seems to run second, unfortunately. Yeah, very good, very good. I like your, I like your little reference. You bred her, you mm. bred her as well, so... I just, you know, for those listening, 30 starts, one win, 11 placings. She's won 9,000 this year. You just like to string two or three wins together and they'd be sort of the, that 9,000 in placings wouldn't be so bad if that makes sense. Yeah, no, certainly right. And and she's she's not really far away. I actually thought that stall the other day. She was, she'd been working really good with um and beating Seaflyer in track work at home and She'd won a couple of three-year-olds this season, so I, I really thought Winks would go pretty close at Stall last week. But um, both of my drivers, I think, at Stall got outdriven by Jackie Barker because uh, they, she was behind them and took off with 1,200 to go and beat them all home. So, no, unfortunate for me. But, they, yeah, Winks was getting home pretty nice and probably just missed out. She's pretty unlucky, I'd say. She's got gate speed, and uh, what will be the instructions to James? Do you go forward and try and get across them tonight? Well, I don't give uh, my drivers too much instructions, which can get me in trouble at times because I, <laughs> I like them to drive them a bit harder sometimes. But um, no, nah, well, what do you what do you do? You can't really tell James what to do. He just won the Australian Driving Championships on Saturday night, so he's in form and um, he knows the horse pretty well. So fingers crossed he uh, makes the right decision and it works out for us. Now, the horse I forgot about, Sea Flyer, race eight, number one, at trial at stall. And I said, is this a new one to you? And you looked at me like I was an idiot and said, no, this is the good one that's won a couple of races. Yeah, well, she, she, she's looked the best one in the stable in the last sort of six months. Um, definitely the fastest sort of point-to-point speed horse I've had. Yep. Um, that, she wasn't really quite wound up at her trial last week. Um, had a couple of weeks off, uh, two weeks off after her last run, so... Um, Lightning Dan's a pretty pretty smart horse in that race today. So, um, yeah, whatever she does today, she'll be improved from. But, yeah, it's a very strong race, that one, I think. It is, mate. But it, you, it, it sets up nicely to see where she's at, does it not? She sits on the pegs and see how far she gets beaten by. And then are you thinking bigger and better things and having a crack at, like, some Oaks heats or something like that? Um, well, that was my sort of plan Earlier uh, this year, I sort of told the owner she might sort of sneak into a Vic, Vic Fred Group 1 final or something like that with the right draws. 
he's um he did race against brutally handsome at Ballarat a couple of runs ago and only got beaten five five meters in a fifty six last half. So she's she should like Nick ran second in the Breeders' Crown last year. So she she's going to make it. Um, it's just whether she she's going to run those twenty two hundred meter races out. Um, yep. This bit's early on, but she's yeah got a lot of speed. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, that's one to five for the stable for some time, and then Royal Apollo's. Probably a different story again. He's new to the stable, just had the two starts, had the one win, though. It's race nine, number six. Yeah, um, bought him after his last run at Hamilton for Daniel Laird and um, took him home and just changed his uh, training up. He doesn't doesn't go on the track except for fast work. He just does uh, swimming in the dam. Yeah, and, okay. um, yeah, I thought his run at Hamilton was super and I was probably expecting something similar last week, but, yeah, just... The way the race panned out, he sort of had to come four wide around the last corner and held up for a runner and sort of, and just, yeah, just never really got into the race. But hopefully James can put him into it today. So tell us about swimming in the dam. Do you ride him out into the dam? Have you got a, a big long jetty that you walk him around in or how do you do that, mate? Um, no, he's a good boy. He just goes in one end and comes out the other just on one rope. He's, uh, yeah, he's pretty, pretty easy to, to deal with. I don't have to get out on a jetty or have anyone else with me. He just sort of does it himself, to be honest. Loves it. And have you done that with many before? Well, I used to swim a lot um, before we had children. Obviously, wife used to help out uh, on one side of the dam with the other rope. But yep, yep. Um, since the kids long, it's been a bit harder. But yeah, this little fella goes in all by himself, so it makes it easy for me. What, did you just have a crack with him one day and say, I'll just see what he does. I'll just lead him down there. And if he goes in, he goes in. And if, if I end up getting dragged across the dam or something myself, so be it. No, nah, well, the vet told me when uh, we got him that he needed to be swam. So yeah. I took him to the local track a few times and got a bloke to help me put him in. But, yeah, once he'd worked out what it was all about, he pretty much used to just jump in. So took him to the dam at home one day. And, yeah, no worries. Loved it. I, I was Chris Sinatiad horse. I can't remember which what which horse it was, and I was there just having a look at his place one day, and they took the horse around the back to swim it, and it was it was making these noises of just content delight. You know, it was it was sort of moaning as it was going down into the water, and then it'd get out, it'd walk back down the other end, and and just walk itself straight back in again. It just loves swimming. Yeah, they do. Once they once they get into it, they absolutely love it. So no, it's good for them too. Good for their legs and. Good to get them breathing well. Opens up their lungs a bit. So, yeah, okay. Glenn Glenn Conroy's got a little rowboat, and he rows out on the rowboat with them. Well, I have thought about that. Yeah. I did think about that. But, uh, yeah, probably not the safest. I don't think. Not not for me. I'm not not real not real good in a boat. Not real well. <laughs> or is yeah, why you get a bit of seasickness or something? Oh, mate, I'd get seasick in a creek. Yeah. All right. Uh, Shannon, great to have you on, mate. Best of luck tonight uh, with the three runners and uh, best of luck with Herbie and uh, tell him he owes me one. Yeah, no worries. So be good on you, mate. There's Shannon Edwards. Uh, he's doing a great job, Shannon. He's 36 years of age. He's trained the 53 winners and uh, he's been in the sport he, through his uh, grandfather right down through. We've had him on uh, once or twice before and always good to catch up with him and Interesting about the swimming and stuff. If someone's got a horse 
you know, that needs a bit of swimming or something different, uh, he'd certainly be a, a great young bike to uh, have your horse with. Uh, we've got one more break to get away. Uh, JD nods his head away beautifully. Let's get that uh, last break away, JD, and we'll wind it up towards the top of the hour. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back. Chats Life for your Wednesday. We had a great couple of chats today. Redwood Rattler. Oh, it's going to be a great day. October 30. I don't have my notes in front of me now, but October 30, $130. It includes the train ride from Southern Cross up to uh, Carisbrook, Maryborough for the day, out to Carisbrook by bus and spend the day at the Trots. It's the Victoria Trotters Derby and and the Redwood Classic on that day, the Harastas Trotters uh, Derby and the Elderbarren Park Redwood Classic. Uh, the two feature races of the day, but it is a truly wonderful day. Uh, Les Chapman and Matt Gillespie, thank you both for coming on. Uh, who else do we have? Oh, of course, Garrick Knight. Des Benja was our feature chat. A steward for 47 years. 47 years stewarding. And we only touched uh, the tip of the iceberg with Des and uh, he would have many, many a story from his days in Macau, in Queensland, in WA, and, of course, the early days uh, in Victoria as a participant, as a driver, and, a, and working for trainers. There's not too much he doesn't know about the sport, Des, and he dead set can't get one past him either. Uh, parochial Collingwood supporter too, which I uh, managed to get through the whole show without uh, mentioning one word of it to Des because he, he probably would have given me four weeks for being uh, insubordinate towards him. Uh, and, of course, Shannon Edwards, best of luck to Shannon with his runners tonight. And tomorrow we'll turn our focus to – it's just me flying solo tomorrow – and we'll turn our focus towards Kilmore, I think, uh, on Friday night, the Kilmore Trotters Cup and the Kilmore Pacers Cup. Uh, I haven't arranged any guests or anything as yet, but uh, – but a funny feeling, we might get Glenn Bourne. I would love to get Glenn on. We've had him on once before. His team's been flying. He's got a couple of runners in on Friday night. Sweet Creation looks a genuine chance from uh, the pole in race one in that sort of $10,000 sort of level race. I was in at Yarra Valley on Monday, and it looked on the surface to perform poorly, but when you look at the sectionals and the work it did early, it didn't go too bad, Sweet Creation, and... As long as it's uh, recovered from that run A-OK, I think it could really surprise a few on uh, Friday at Kilmore. I won't be there. I won't be working. I've got a wedding to attend to on Friday, so it will be a dead set day off for me. Uh, yeah, so the Cup. Jesus, a good race, the Cup, isn't it? Honolulu Bale is uh, open favourite at $3.70 in the Kilmore Pacing Cup. Big query around the distance with him. I'm a big fan of Honolulu Bay, but there's a little question mark on the distance. Uh, like a wildfire. Hasn't raced for a little bit. It's 480 second favourite. And then there's a glut of horses at 8, 9 and 10. Torrid Saint, Max Delight, Max Shard, Supreme Dominator, Rock and Roll Do, Beyond the Light, Willie Go West, all in a big bracket. And all of those could easily win the race or run at least run a placing Torrid Saint drawn the pole. He's a great place chance, isn't he, at $2.50. 
Uh, Jack Law will be laughing along the pegs there, you would imagine. Will Max Delight cross him early? Could be some real speed in this race. And there could be some mid-race pressure as well with the likes of a Tango Tara on a little bay like a wildfire. One of those is going to get around to the chair as well, which means there's going to be a bit of speed on probably throughout this race, which then always when that happens, you're thinking pegs, aren't you? Pegs, pegs, pegs is where you want to be when there's speed on in a harness race at this level over the 2,600 metres. Supreme Dominator, I was hoping to get Herbie on and ask him uh, not only about his Australian Drivers' Championship, but Supreme Dominator at 9 and 290. If Herbie could find the pegs without doing too much work, that uh, $9 would be great value. So it's going to be a non-betting race, isn't it? It's too hard a race to work out. JD, you look like you've got something. No, no, no. I'm just uh, intently nodding along and uh, listening to you. I'm looking forward to a big weekend of harness footy, racing. Or- harness racing. Horse racing, it's all happening. There's a cricket on. The Aussies are playing T20s against India. Yes. Took the first game last night, which I'm very happy about. We won. We won. Did Finchie get any? Finchie got, uh, I think, 20. 20. Might be the calm before Matty the Matty Wade, 48 off 14. I'll obviously Winchy, Winchy, Finchie get a big 100. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. lock himself in. T20 World Cup. World Cups are his stage. He, he dominates World Cups and on home soil. I reckon that's the one. Hard out, big afternoon coming from 1 o'clock. Campbell Brown, former AFL legend. Sam Highland, wannabe AFL legend. (laughs) And some bloke named Tom Papley. Don't know him. Star. Star. I'm talking Sammy, not Pap. Oh, Sammy, yeah, he is (laughs) a star. I don't know if if Sammy's listening. He has not changed his reaction. (laughs) Oh, he's walked out. It's a walkout. Sammy Highland's out. Oh, no, he's back. It's all right. It won't be Campbell Brown and Tom Bapley. Sammy's back. Have a great afternoon, boys. Best of luck to the Swatties and the Granny. Mm -hmm.